Welcome to track number seven of Building a Multiple Mega Church. Do you understand the choir? So if you are in a church and you don't have a good choir, I tell you, it's also saying something about the church. Amen. So you've got to have a good choir. It tells something about good choir, good instrument. It's a sign. You know, usually when a church does well, the music people are they are like the flowers of the chair of the of, of, of a plant. They are the nice smelling parts which the outside world sees. The number of people in the choir are the flowers in the garden. That's the thing that people smell out. Take, take, take a church like Resurrection Power Ministry, Living Bread. Reverend Amwaku, who's of blessed memory. Is that how they say when somebody's dead? Okay, of blessed memory. <laughs> Look at the, 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 the flowers that came out of that ministry. Tego Sisters. Maybe you've never been to Resurrection Living, uh, Living Bread Ministry or whatever, but those Tego Sisters, we all, how many know of Tego Sisters? How many have not heard of the Tego Sisters? Now, right hand in the air, if not heard of it. Another thing, another ministry that has come from that is what? <laughs> Daughters of Glorious Jesus. How many have never heard of the Daughters of Glorious Jesus? All right? So they are the flowers of the church. And even for a church to be able to produce a recording, it's a reflection of something else about, about, the, about the church. So it's a very, very, very important thing, the, the number of people in the choir. Amen. Next is what? Not the number of people in the community or in the city is a very important thing. Because a church is a reflection or is a product or byproduct of the number of people that exist in the town. You cannot expect a certain number of people when the town is very small. Amen. Isn't it? How many people are there in Kumasi? How many people are there in Kumasi? Rose, Rosemary. Is it Rosemary? Rosemond. How many people are there in Kumasi? 150,000. 150 what? I said the number of people in the community. Two million. Huh? How many people are there in Accra? About three to four million. Do you know that? Three to four million. Now, I want to say that probably the maximum that number of members you can have in your church is probably about 10% of the population. Amen. I mean, that is a, the number of people, I mean, well, that is just my personal, what do you call it? But, so if Accra is 4 million, it means we can have a church probably up to what? 400,000. And probably we will. When we add all our churches in Accra and so on, at a certain point, we can easily be 400,000 members. When we gather, Rollins himself will know that. Yes. If we say don't vote, they will vote. 
Amen. Maybe by that time another Rollins will have come. <laughs> or somebody else would have come. Amen. So the number of people in the town. So some of you, don't be discouraged. Because there are not many people where you are. Amen. How many people are there in Takradi? About one million. How many people are there at Swedu? How many people are there at Ejura? How many people are there at Asim Fosu? How many people are there at Apam? How many people are there in London? How many people are there in London? Huh? About 15 million people in London, just like the whole of Ghana is London. How many people are there in Switzerland? Huh? There are 6 million people in Switzerland. The whole of Switzerland. Now, if our church is a Ghanaian church, and we didn't say that it's a Ghanaian church, but it's Ghanaians who come. And let's say we are in a town, say Zurich. Then another important number that you have to, how many Ghanaians, because as far as your world of ministry is concerned, is the Ghanaian community that will be there. So we ask how many Ghanaians are there? And then the number of people that can possibly come in your church will be a fraction of that number. And then other churches begin to come around and the other problems begin to start and then you are sharing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Alright, so the number of people in the community. Amen. The next important number is the number of converts who give their life to Christ at an altar call on Sundays. Amen. The number of people who give their life to Christ is so important. If three people give their life to Christ, note it. 40, 50. Amen. How many people give their life to Christ in Accra every Sunday? About. Huh? 20? 10? 30? Dennis? 20 to 25 for all the three services, usually. So when it goes up, invitation Sunday, and then about how many people? 25. No. Data officer, we shall arrest you. How many people? If, let me tell you, if 40 people give their life to, I've done altar call, we have 30, sometimes you have to get into 40 people. One service, you can get 30 people giving their life to Christ. Yes. It's a very important number. What does it tell you? Huh? It tells you what? People are inviting, it tells you that people are inviting people because when the people have heard altar call once or twice, they won't come again. So the number of people that give their life to Christ at the altar call tells you how much your people are inviting. Amen. It tells you how much your people are inviting. Your church members are inviting. Because it's the church members who invite for you to preach to the newcomers. Then number two, it tells you how evangelistic the pastor is. Because there are some pastors who are not very evangelistic conscious. 
They don't even make altar calls or do altar calls. And some of us, even some of us here, pastors, don't make altar calls. And the way you do the altar call, people will come. You don't, you don't persuade the people. You don't do it as though you are bargaining for their souls. Amen. So the number of people who give their life to Christ is a very important number that we all need to know. Amen. Alright? Now, the number, now the next number is the percentage of people who are saved in the church is a very important number. That is that the number of people who are saved in the church or the percentage is the percentage that we are looking at now. How many of you were saved in Lighthouse, were born again in this ministry? Your right hand. Please, your right hand. Your right hand. You were born again in this church. Stand to your feet, please. Right. Okay. You may be seated. It tells you how much people are inviting. Amen. It tells you how original the church is. People are not coming in imported souls from where have you. And really, if a church is going to grow and it's going to continue growing, it's going to be by actual salvation in the church. Because at a certain point, you don't have anything special. Look, people, we don't have anything that is different from another church, really. What do we offer that is different? Even, let me tell you, even if you claim to have all the wild, wild miracles, miracles and so on, it's not the same as having a church. There are two different things altogether. There are two different things. You can have all sorts of miracles. Otherwise, Benny Hill's church would be the largest church in the, in the world. But it's not. There are other churches which are larger, far, far larger than Benihin's church in, in, in Orlando. It doesn't have the largest church. And you hear sometimes, you see when you listen to him preach, you see that, oh, early service, you can see that it's like people didn't really come. So, so, so you know, sometimes some person will say, oh, you can see that it's like the place, and I've, I watch sometimes a video, you see that the place is not full. All of upstairs is empty. So, I mean, if really it is those things, so at a point you realize that it's not that you have anything special to offer. If we can get people saved ourselves, this church will never stop growing. Never, 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 never. Amen. So the number of percentage, number of people who are saved in the church tells us something very important. Amen. The, the next number is the percentage of people surviving five weeks in the church after giving their life to Christ. So that is after New Believer School. So the number of people who qualify for New Believer School, that is, the, that is what it is. The number of people. So if you are in ministry, okay, Larry, and you are on Bonanza, today all the converts come to you. You get 20 converts. After five weeks, I ask you, how many are left? You say, oh, two. Do you understand? It tells us something. What does it tell us? Huh? Follow up is poor. Write it down. When the percentage of people who are actually staying are not a lot, it means follow up is not being done. Pastors, ministry shepherds, note that when the number of people who survive five years is very low, it means that the people are simply not doing follow up. 
It's a very important number that you must know. When you know that number, it tells you that the people are simply not doing follow-up. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Good. The next number is the percentage of the population in the church. That the percentage of the population of the town that are, that are in your church. What percentage of Accra is in Lighthouse Chapel International Accra? Huh? One percent. How many people are in Accra? 3.5 million. And how many people are there in Lighthouse? Okay, let's take all branches and everybody together. So let, let's, for, excuse me, for the sake of whatever, let's say 4,500. And you say the population of Accra is how much? Okay, now let's say 3,500 people are in Lighthouse Chapel International. All the branches, let's assume 3,000. And then the population of Accra is how much? 3.5 million. So what percentage of Accra are members of Lighthouse? Huh? 0.1%. Huh? 0.1%. Did you calculate it? Oh, it's very, very small. 0.1%. Are we significant? Huh? We are insignificant. So the percentage of people in the church, the percentage of the community that is in the church shows you how significant you are. That is why when the government is doing something, they never say charismatic church, uh, Bishop of Lighthouse Chapel International. Are you with me? They never say, oh, Bishop of Lighthouse Chapel said that. No. They say the Catholic Bishops Conference. Have you not heard that before? When we are having synod, does any television come here? Does any te- have you seen any GBC come here? 0.1%. It's not, it's not important. 0.01%. Oh, please. Is it 0.1 or 0.01? <laughs> look, okay, okay, look, let's, let's, let our members, okay, let's say we have our registered members at the headquarters, let's say 5,000, let's say about 4,000, okay, now let's add 2,000, just let's try and go to the upper limit for the other members and people who are backsliding now, so let's say 6,000 over 3.5 million, please, the percentage must go up, <laughs> calculate it, please. 6,000 over 3.5 million is how much? Ah, at least we must encourage ourselves more. It's too small. What did you get? 6,000. Wake that lady up. Militia, then, please arrest that lady. Yeah, she can't even. Yeah, right there. Oh. Sister, please come, come. I think you have to start there. Come and sit here. Militiamen, where are you? Please arrest the lady and bring her to sit here. 
6,000 over 3.5 is how much? Zero. Are you sure? Zero point two what? Zero point one seven. Huh? Point one seven percent. So approximately point two. So when, when, when we see that we are just 0.2%, what does it make us do? More prayer, more fasting, more visiting, more what? More anakazo, more invitation, more follow-up, more crusades, more churches, more power, more shepherds, more ministries, more pastors. Write in your notes 0.17%. Next year when we come, we have to calculate again. Amen. Amen. To see whether there is progress. We want to believe God at least 0.5%. Is it possible? Yes. Good. What is the next number? The percentage of the church population in your fellowship. If you are a fellowship shepherd, you must ask yourself, what is the percentage of the church's population in your fellowship? <laughs> and the next one is the percentage of the church's population in your ministry. You see, if the church has got 100 members and you have a ministry with 20, are you doing well? What is 20 over 100? 20 over 100? Zero point. No. 20%. If you have a ministry with 20 members, I think you should clap for that shepherd, isn't it? So if the church has got 3,000 members and your ministry or fellowship has got six members, or 30 members. Let's say 30 members. 30, calculate it. 30 over 3,000 times 100 is equal to what? Shepherds, calculate it. I'm talking to you. 1%. Is this a good percentage? What percentage should a ministry be of the church? Huh? What shall we make it? Five percent. Shall we say that every ministry should be five percent of the church? That means we can only have 20 ministries in the church. So a ministry should be two, let's say two percent. It's very small. Huh? It's okay. So if we have 3,000 members, two percent of 3,000 is how much? 60 members. Good. So I think 2%. Every ministry should be at least 2%. Write it down. Shepherds, write it down, please. Amen. Hallelujah. And then, the next one is what? 
17, the number of ministry shepherds you have. That is number what? Number 17. Okay, now let's... 17, the number of ministry shepherds you have is very important. How many ministry shepherds do we have? Dennis, where are your figures? Now, how many ministry shepherds do we have? Headquarters. Huh? 34 ministry shepherds. Okay? 34 ministry shepherds. How many fellowship shepherds do we have? I have the list. <laughs> All right? So the number... I don't think I have your list. The number, so the next number is the number of ministry shepherds. The next one is the number of fellowship shepherds. Therefore, the number of fellowships. All pastors take note. It's very important. Note how many ministries you have and how many ministry shepherds. Another is how many fellowships and how many fellowships. The next one is how many trainee shepherds. What does it tell you when you say the number of shepherds in a church? Huh? The workforce. If Lighthouse Chapel International, all these people here are shepherds, that means we have a large working force. Amen. Is that not the case? All right. And then, so the number of trainee shepherds, now the number of potential shepherds is also important. How many do we have? The number of potential shepherds that you have. And then, the last number is the number of people that come to church on 31st December. <laughs> that is a very important number. That is the upper limit of the, of the real. 31st December. Because all the backsliders come. All the people who are afraid of God come. All those who have decided not to come and are annoyed come. Amen. So 31st December, those who come 31st December, it's your most important night as a church. You can always see the upper limit of the real membership. Amen. Stand to your feet, everybody. Has the coffee come? It's coming. In the headquarters, we have total number of ministry shepherds, 34. Total number of fellowship shepherds, 105. Total number of pool shepherds, five. Total number of trainee shepherds, 42. Total number of potential shepherds, 26. Overall, total number of shepherds, 262. Amen. Seminary, the number of people in the IPTP, we have 24 people. Total number of people in the FPTP program, 24. So 48 people that have been trained now, apart from the people we have as pastors, to be pastors. Total number of metropolitan churches, 12. We have 12. Total number of 12 metropolitan churches, regional churches, 17. Total number of international churches, 15. Total number of chapels, headquarters, 11. So excluding the chapels, we have 40. 
churches. Is this, has this thing changed? Have you modified this thing? Is it correct? That have been included. So the 44, when you add it, it becomes 44. So it's 40. All right. So 40 churches that exist. Apart from the chapels, not excluding the headquarters is considered as one church. So if you add all, it's 40. Amen. Amen. Numbering brings encouragement, isn't it? Yes. 40 churches, a lot of churches. Total number of headquarters pastors, 14. Total number of metropolitan pastors, we have 16. Total number of regional pastors, 16. Total number of international pastors, 8. Overall, total number of pastors, 54. 54 pastors. <laughs> Wonderful. So, we are counting. Amen. Amen. So that when we go down, we begin to fast and pray and visit. Amen. Now, the key to shepherdorial numbering is shepherdorial close marking. Shepherdorial close marking. Amen. If you want to be able to really number your sheep and monitor them, we need to do what we call shepherdorial close marking. Amen. Shepherdorial close marking. Amen. 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 Close marking of your sheep. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, how many would agree with me that if we do what we call close marking, we close, what does close marking mean? Huh? You monitor. You follow. Come, 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 come. Help me. What does it mean when you say close marking? I think I will illustrate for a football match. Uh -huh. If I give you Tony Abua to close marking, I mean wherever he goes. I mean don't concentrate on anybody else. Wherever he goes, any direction, any part of the field, just be there. Make sure that he doesn't get the ball. So wherever he goes. All throughout the match, you know, you know where he is. You know where he is. You are with him. You never leave him. Let him go out of it. If you let him go out of your sight, you are a bad marker. And he will score immediately. Isn't it? Yes. And he, so, but that's what happens with the sheep. If you let them out of your sight, isn't it? What will happen to them? They backslide. That is what happens with the sheep. As soon as you leave them small, they begin to fall away. So we need to do shepherdorial close marking. Amen. So, principles of shepherdorial close marking. Number one is what? Do not let the sheep go out of your sight. Amen. Isn't it? My sister, what's happening? You are sharing the pen. Uh. Do not let the sheep go out of your sight. Isn't it? Isn't it? It is. 
Do not let the sheep go out of your sight. Number two, if a sheep goes out of your sight, what is going to happen? He will backslide. The devil will score a goal. So write it down. If the sheep goes out of your sight, the sheep is going to backslide. Yes. Ah, you have an extra pen for somebody. Who needs an extra pen? Who needs an extra pen? Hey. But this pen, you should have given it to the bishop. And you are rather... <laughs> Who needs an extra pen? You must be afraid to raise your hand. <laughs> okay, come for it this year. The violin take it by force. After church, go and give it to Doris and it's for her. Clap for him. So well aggressiveness. So if the sheep goes out of your sight, he or she is likely, and it's true. If you are a shepherd and you are experienced, Caroline, as soon as they go out of your sight, you lose them. Isn't it? That is a fact. So if you are going to be a good shepherd, you need to do shepherdoya close marking. Don't let them go out of your sight. And number one, understand that if this person goes out of your sight, he or she will backslide. Number three, let me ask a question. How can you let somebody not go out of your sight? I mean, physically. Huh? No, I mean, is it possible? Is it possible? That the person will not go out of your sight? Huh? Huh? When does the sheep, in practical terms, when does the shepherd see his sheep? Where? In church. So, one of the places that you will see your sheep, whether they are going out of your sight or not, is at church. So, shepherdorial close marking comes into play at the service. That is when they are either staying in your sight or going out of your sight. Alright? So, the third thing is you can notice that they are going out of your sight at the church service or at the meeting. Write it down. Notice your sheep go out of your sight at meeting times. Amen. So it's at a meeting time that you can begin to see that this person is going out of my sight. Then number four, when a person goes out of your sight, what is the next reaction? Huh? Immediately rush to find where that sheep is. All right, so the next step is immediately run after your sheep so that he comes back into your sight or your vision. Amen. Amen. Write it down. Immediately run to get that sheep. If you are a shepherd, you are looking after people, you come to your meeting and the person doesn't come. You understand? You have only 10 members. 
Only 10 members, and the seven of them didn't come. And you, you just hold your meeting, you stand up, and you hold the Bible, and you check the word, you just check, amen, seven great principles, hallelujah. Then you finish, you are happy, you are sweating. Afterwards, somebody comes to tell you, I was really blessed. Then Absalomia is beginning to enter your head. And your, 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 your mind is not... When you are speaking to the people of God, you should be afraid in your heart. Where are the seven people? You should know that you have a lot of work to do. That is why we have divided the church into small, 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 small groups. Because when it's a small group, that is when shepherdorial close marking can occur. Now, how else can shepherdorial close marking be achieved? Uh, several ways. Yes, please help me. One of them, you must, you must know the identity of the sheep. The name of the sheep. Shepherdorial cross marking can be achieved by knowing the names of the sheep. Well, after all, if you don't know the person's name, you don't even know that, oh, Kwesi Kwes didn't come. Tulim Jali didn't come. I mean, you don't even know that Tulim Jali didn't come. Because you don't know that. You just know that some people are not around. But now you know Tulim Jali didn't come. Kofi Jali didn't come. Kosi Jali didn't come. All the Jali family didn't come to church. <laughs> You're not specific either. But if you don't know their names, you just know that oh, some people are not around. It cannot help you to mark them. Because if you don't know who is not around, where will you go? Huh? How do you understand what I'm, I mean? If you're, okay, some people are, where, where do you go? What do you do next? There's no way. But a marker, when he sees that, hey, Tony Obama is not here, then immediately he looks, where could he be? Then he tells me, he said that he's gone this way. Because sometimes when they, you know that you are being marked, they change their positions. They're always being marked, and then they run to some other place. So the marker becomes confused. Then the marker will look, where the, he has gone to the back, he's playing defense now. Then when you follow him, then he comes back to the front. That is how the sheep behave. So the next principle to Shepherdoria Cosmark is you must know the names of the sheep. How many know that when you know somebody's name, the person cannot easily get lost? Huh? Because the person is your friend. You know that. That's why we divided the church into small, small, small fellowships and ministry. You cannot I mean, you think about the person. Say, ah, where is Tulin? <laughs> Where is she? Where is she today? Where is Tulum? Huh? Where is she? Ah, I just knew that. Do you realize that Tulum, Sister T, she didn't come to church. Did you notice? She didn't come to church. You know because you know the person's name. And that is why Jesus said, "The good shepherd, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. I know them by their names." That is a good shepherd. Shepherdorial close marking can be achieved. One of the primary, cardinal, fundamental, basic, foundational, cardinal. Principal features of shepherdorial cross marking is to know the names. And let me tell you, if you are a fellowship shepherd and you don't know your sheep's names, you are a shame and a disgrace 
five people you don't know their name, you are talking. One time I went for a meeting and I, I, I asked the lady, you are ministering to the people, say, ah, these few people here. Then I asked her, what's their name? Then she said, oh, what's your name? <laughs> I mean, how? 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 I mean, at the beginning of the meeting, before you start, you must start to ask names. If you don't know, just watch me if you have ever been with me at a small meeting. I never talk to people without knowing their names. Once it's a small group. When it's a large group that is, I may not know your name. But a small group, I will start by asking. If I don't want you to know that I don't know your name, I will just say, everybody identify yourself. So that you will not know that it's your name that I don't know. Maybe it's only one person's name that I want to know. But I will say, everybody say your name. Then when they say that, then you know them. Then you know their names. And then you can relate with them properly. I tell you, when you know a person and you know him by name, you can't easily do the person harm. You can't easily forget the person. You can't easily let the person out of your sight. As soon as the person goes out of sight, you begin to know. You say, ah, Tulin, she is not here today. When I was in a medical school, I always made sure my lecturers knew me by name. I stood in front, even when I didn't know. When, they, when you came to a case, we are going for word runs, and I know that I don't know, I have not learned, I'm not ready. If they ask me, there will be a problem. I will always stand in front. And, I will, and what I used to do is, come and stand, you be my lecturer. No, come. I want some lecturers. Some more lecturers should come. Come. Please, come and be a lecturer. Lecturers, please, some pastors, come and be lecturers. So let's say this man is a consultant. Uh, come, 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 come up. Okay? So let's say this man is in a nice boo-boo, so he should be the, the lecturer. <laughs> no, 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 this way, you face, table. yes, face the congregation. Good. So these are all students, too. You see? And this is the patient. So then my lecturer, my boss will come, and he will examine the patient like that. So examine, just be examined. Then I, I am the student, I will come and stand by him like that. No, I'm afraid, though, if they ask me. But I will be very close by. Because the fact that I'm close, you know that I know, isn't it? Yes. I know. But then he turns to his back and he sees, look at this man. <laughs> then you call him. <laughs> they notice you, they know you. When it comes to exam time and they are failing people, they can't easily fail you. Because they know, they know, Tulim, Tulim Jali, we know her, we can't fail you. <laughs> Clap for my lecturers and my students. <laughs> when I did pediatrics, pediatrics, look, when it, when it came to the final exam, I went in for my long case. When I went for my long case, I did very well. I was just wrapping the things. I was talking. Then I went for the short case. When I went for the short case, there was a boy who was unconscious, lying there. Like that. His eyes were rolling. And they said, examine this boy. In fact, they said, I should tell, I should say something about the boy. I look at the boy and I said, ah. What am I going to say about this boy? After the boy, they took me to somebody else who had some, some problem in the chest. They said I should examine. 
Now, when I was examining the patient, cars were passing us. I couldn't really hear the thing very well. When I, you see, when you are there, you have to hear the thing. You hear the cuckoo, Then when it comes to a patient, it means that there's something that you can hear something different. I was listening. I couldn't hear the thing. I did, I was facing the Nigerian examiner. She was looking at me, she was asking this, this, this. So, this is, and I was hot. If I was not a grown up. <laughs> I was failing before my very eyes. But you see, my boss was there, who I am with, I was with her all the time. She knew me. Even one day, I remember before the exam, I was calling, I said, Madame, she said, Oh, but you don't have a problem. That's what my boss told me. Oh, but you don't have a problem. And I said, hey, why do you say? Because I'm always by her side. <laughs> and if I, if, I, if I happen to know something, I will say before she can ask anybody else so that I'll get the credit. <laughs> that is that, that shock is that I knew that I failed. And I couldn't explain that, look, this thing, I can't, the car's passing, the window was open. I couldn't explain that, look, I can't. And I knew that this one day, if they were sinking, I am going down. But afterwards, I went, if I, I we sat, and all of us sat there, and I said, yeah, that time to have won a prize. If I don't pass, I can't collect my prize. And I was sitting there, we were all sitting there in the exam, quiet, going for the oral exam. I said, my God. This grace has come to me. This grace. Afterwards, I went to see the prof. I said, Prof, I failed. He said, My friend, what? You. The, the overall head of the. He said, Look, take it from me. Go and drink some beer tonight. <laughs> he told me. When he told me that, some joy began to bubble in my face. Ah, I'm not going to go there. So, I'm sure when they went for the meeting and they saw my, uh, uh, what do you call it, was good, my this was good, my this was good, then my low case was good, then the short case, whoo, they said, no, 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 no. My boss herself was there, the head of the department, who himself examined, he said, oh, but we know Tulindjali. <laughs> we know Tulindjali. We can't do him evil. We can't do him evil today because we know him. When you are known, they can't easily forget you. And as they say, even as a pastor, the people that I know, I know them by name. I can't easily overlook them. I will remember them. If I'm forgetting, I know the, the person, I know the person's name. If I'm forgetting all the sheep, that person, because I know his name, I'm not likely to forget the person. Ah, where is this person? Every true shepherd will be walking and the sheep's names will be coming to your mind. Ah, where is this person? Ah, this guy, I've not seen him for two weeks. Ah, this guy, where is she? That's a shepherd. The names come to you. It's the Holy Ghost who brings the names to you. The good shepherd knows the sheep by their name. Shepherdora close market. Know them by if they know if you know them by name, you can never do them evil. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm talking about today? Please. Please know that. Number two. After Dr. Devil, can you help me? What else can, can help you? How many points do we have? What is point number one? 
Do not let the sheep go out of her. Number two is what? What? If the sheep goes out of her side, they will backslide. Number three is what? What? You can notice the sheep going out of your sight at meeting terms. Write it in that way. You can notice the sheep going out of your sight at meeting terms. Amen? Number four is what? Immediately rush. Don't say run. Rush after the missing sheep. Amen. Number five is what? Know the names of the sheep. Because if it's a nameless, faceless, if you are failing somebody, you say, oh, candidate number 106. He's not passed. He has I know when I was in medical school, when I was in, I think, third year, there was a guy who failed every year. He was repeated. Every year he was repeated. And the last year, finally, he tried so hard to pass the final exam. He really wanted to go through. And surgery, they got him. He had 49.5%. He passed medicine. He passed community health. And was just left with surgery. He passed and just the clinical, 49.5%. They did and they met, they said, no, no. Remain. You are not going. They gave him six months. How I felt sorry for that man. That half percent, do you think that half percent, me, I'm sure I've got that half percent many times before. If somebody had known you, and I was like, oh, but this person. And many times I meet people say, oh, I know, I know, I know. Somebody was telling me just last week, said, oh, I met somebody, Dr. So, so he says you were his student, you were a very good student, and so on. I said, ah, because I was always praying, fasting, then I would do some one-to-one to fast and go on the wall. <laughs> he was a very good student. I praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But I was learning. Don't be deceived. Don't think that I wasn't learning. I, I, if I wasn't learning, I would never pass. Or the exam, you can't pass without knowing, really. But there are some other factors, too, that you must learn. Amen. So, know, when you know, and that man, I said, if somebody had been, oh, I know him, he's a good student. But where you are a faceless number, you are just number 106. In the church, you can become a number easily. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening. <laughs>